0: Phil Mickelson thing on Saturday was crazy. Mickelson hit a rolling ball to keep it from going off the green. It cost him a two-stroke penalty, but it maybe saved him a stroke or two. Because had the ball kept rolling, it goes forever and down a hill. Phil's old. You don't want to walk up hills at his age. So it was a smart play. The purists are apoplectic. Because it violated the spirit of the game, the sportsmanship of the game. Well, boo-hoo. Like Nicholson basically said after, get over it. If Tiger had done it, you would say he was an innovator. Oh, look how smart Tiger was. But Tiger didn't do that on Saturday because Tiger didn't play on Saturday. Ha! Not that Phil was at all spectacular. Uh, Moving forward, change the rule. If what Phil did so offends you in golf and make it a DQ to strike a moving ball. But until then, what Phil Mickelson did is exactly what he did and was educated exactly as the rules dictate. The overreaction, uh, this is why people think golf elitists are a bunch of dicks. Joe Buck acted like Mickelson punted a baby. That is a disgusting act. Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Golf purists, let it fly. Call in to make an ass of yourself because it just wasn't a big deal. You know what it is a big deal? It's a big deal if he's contending. And then he wins the tournament by a stroke. And he saved himself like, like let's say if that ball rolls all the way. Off the green and down the hill. Let's say instead of a two-stroke penalty, he, like, adds three or four strokes onto his score, but because he hit the rolling ball, he wins the tournament by a stroke. Then it's a big deal. You can't go back and DQ him, but at that point, his integrity, especially within the context of the game, has to be questioned. But the reason he did it is because he was, at the time, I think, 17 over par, and wound up finishing... 15 strokes off the lead. So who gives a frig what he did? Uh, As I mentioned earlier, I'm getting some flack because of my blog on Friday and my column on Sunday, yesterday in the Trib, and then another blog today on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com because I know how to milk, believe you me. And I've been talking about Daniel Carcillo, that hack, and Nick Boynton, that goon, both retired. They're kvetching about head trauma in hockey because they're suffering from it, and they say they're looking out for their fellow players, both past and present. But I'm sorry. I think they have no right to do so and deserve no sympathy for their plights because they're not the cure. They were the cause. They were carriers. They absorbed damage like every hockey player but inflicted far more. Uh, Boynton and Carcillo are in no way victims. And I'm hearing, oh, they've changed their ways. Everyone deserves a second chance. It's a good cause, blah, blah, blah. And it is a good cause. It just needs a better spokesman. Uh, You can't change your ways once you're done playing. If you cross-check people in the head for a decade like Carcillo did, and then you stop playing, you also stop cross-checking people in the head. So, Carcillo hasn't changed his ways. He hasn't stopped cross-checking people in the head. He's merely stopped playing. And in that circumstance, it's easier to be noble than Carcillo would had he kept playing because the only thing that kept him in the league, that got him in the league even for one second, was his viciousness. And the same could be said of Nick Boynton. Uh, now, when it comes to getting a second chance, let me give you uh, some choices. What would you least like to have happen to you? Least like to have happen to you. Would you rather have Roseanne vilify you with an ethnic slur? Would you rather have Kevin Spacey grab your ass at a party? Would you rather have Louis C.K. expose himself in your presence? Or would you rather have Daniel Carcillo hit you in the head with a hockey stick? Because getting cracked in the head by a hockey stick... Seems the least inviting to me. The most damaging. But we seem determined to not ever give a second chance to Roseanne, Kevin Spacey, and Louis C.K. An okay, whatever. I'm not going to debate that. But then F. Daniel Carcillo. He is deserving of no attention and zero, absolutely zero sympathy. Let's go to Mark in Ohio. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show.
1: Good afternoon, Mr. Madden.
0: Good afternoon. Two questions for
1: you. One: Do you think that this Barry Trots departure from Washington is going to go and significantly decrease their chances of uh, making another halfway decent run? I think I think it
0: does uh, hurt their chances. Yeah, I think it robs them of that continuity and that rhythm. I think their best chance to repeat would be if they would hire one of their assistants as the head coach, uh, preferably Todd Reardon. Although, you know, it, it depends on who's available. I mean, maybe they want to bring Elaine Vigneault, who I believe was in a final with Vancouver one year, but uh, but has never won anything. It, it just puts the Caps in a tough spot, which is why I can't believe that they just didn't give him the money he wanted. But Washington has never believed in paying coaches much money. That's why they've gone through so many coaches. All
2: right, and also...
0: Do you think that –
1: I read an article where a couple of Capitals had said something to Alex Ovechkin about turning it down on his celebration lately with the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I I don't believe –
0: goodbye. I don't believe any player told him to calm down with his celebrating. Tell you what, with him being the straw that starts to drink and having done so much in the playoffs – You'd have to really have a lot of balls to tell him to tone down his celebration if you're one of his teammates. I just don't believe that happened. I haven't read that anywhere, and you're kind of a jerk for saying it. Let's go to uh, Grant on 79. Grant.
1: Hey, I'm with you, you know, Carcillo and Boyden, uh talking about, you know, being the, the victims here when in reality they, they should be named as the defendants. Uh, and it happens a lot in, in the football case, too. It, it, it's been
2: more mismanaged. Well, yeah, but the,
0: but the players who were headhunters being in football or in hockey aren't going to be defendants in a lawsuit because it's not their workplace.
2: Sure. But, this is but about
0: safety in the workplace, and the players don't administrate the workplace. The National Hockey League does. Don't they exhaust their right to, to be the, the argument? As, I, I think they do ethically, yes. Absolutely ethically, yes. I don't want to hear anything that Carcilla or Boynton has to say about this subject. I have zero sympathy for him. The only way I would give them a dime to help them with their problems is if they did some kind of one-man show where they would sit on stage and drool into a cup. That I would pay to see. (laughs) I like that. I I hate players who play that way. No sympathy and no respect. Let's go to Ace in the sticks. Ace, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up?
1: Hey, I just wanted to comment as a casual baseball fan that the reason I don't go anymore is because it's too long, it's too slow and boring,
0: there's no salary cap, the drinks are too expensive, and it's hotter than hell out there. Those are all factors, bro. I am not. I don't think any one of them is the killer, but attendance is done, MLB-wide, 6.6%. But I think the major uh, factor is there are too many teams that just can't win. You yeah. just can't win. I think teams have figured that out. And I think that fans have looked at the other leagues having salary caps and the competitive level that spawned from top to bottom, except, of course, the NBA, where the cap just doesn't matter because you don't need that many good players to have a super team.
1: Right. Right. I, I think I'd rather sit at home on the couch and watch Susan Sarandon on uh, hockey moaning.
0: Oh, uh, I would not oh. rather do that, but thank you for the call. Let's go to Jim on Penn Run. Jim, you're on with Double M.
2: Super genius. How are you? What up? I just wanted to weigh in on Phil Mickelson here. I don't know why everybody's having a heart attack about what he did. Uh, You know, he hit a moving ball. That's obviously not, uh, you know, not something you're supposed to do. Uh, But there is a rule in place for when you do it. And he did it, took a two-stroke penalty, and like you said, probably saved himself two or three. Well, right, right. They they followed the the
0: rule to its exact uh, execution. He hit a moving ball. It's a two-stroke penalty. And after that, you, you don't have options. Rules don't have options. You administrate the rule, and that's that. Now, I suppose you can disqualify a golfer for breaking any rule, depending on the severity and the context, whatever. But uh, but like I said, he was down by by 15 at tournament's end. He was plus 17 at that point. I just saw it as an act of frustration and not one of cheating, although he did break a rule.
2: Right. So, So... If the rule is already in place in the rule book for something like this to happen, then I don't see the reason to
0: everybody to get upset to try to disqualify. Them. Because everybody's so a honestly, dink. Because people are jerks, bro, especially golf people. Think about think about all the jerks that used to sit at home watching golf and they would call the PGA with rules violations they saw on <laughs> TV, which, thank God, they, they don't accept those calls anymore. Thank God. That is like the lowest form of sports fan, to sit at home and pontificate about illegalities and tattle on the golfers who break rules. And these are the same people who
2: go out on Saturday and Sunday morning and golf with their buddies
0: and and break the same rules that they're complaining about professionals' violating. I'll give you an example. You've seen Caddyshack, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Judge Smales was a stickler for rules, right? Right. But he kicked the ball in the fairway when nobody was looking, right? (laughs) Right. Right, right. Winner rules, yes. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Let's go real quick to Anthony in Ohio. Anthony, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, so
1: the Phil Mickelson thing, I can tell you anyone who's golfed knows what he was feeling. It's not a big deal. The main thing is that people complain about the course being unfair. Uh, the whole field has to play that same course. So
0: Exactly as I, I said everybody. at the top of the show. Uh, yeah. there, there was some commentator in England who called Phil Mickelson an ass. I think Phil should Phil should punch him right in the mouth. Did he call him an ass or an arse? <laughs> that's a, that's. A, I think it was an ass. I didn't. Although I saw it written, so I don't know. You're right. If he's English, it would be he would be an arse. Kind of like the English football team was for about eighty seven or so minutes today. Actually, more than that, they scored the tie breaking goal in injury time. Harry Kane. I thought they had too many Spurs players on the field for their own good. Ex Spurs too, but. Uh, Harry Kane is not one of those too many. He is, he is an assassin in front of goal. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. We've been talking about uh, Neil Huntington, who said that if more fans turn out the rest of the season, maybe they'll add payroll at the deadline, which we know to be a lie. But in just a moment, I want to tell you, think about this during the break. How would that sound? Coming out of Mario Lemieux's mouth or Art Rooney's mouth. Back in a moment here on 105.9. It looks like tempers are running a little high in D.C. Uh, Isabel Kershutian, who covers the caps for the Washington Post, says the Capitals' view of Trotz leaving is he agreed to this and negotiated this arrangement four years ago, so he's not honoring his end of the deal. Wow. So the Caps are making Trotz the bad guy. And you know what? I see their point. Trotz negotiated a deal where he got a contract extension if he won the cup at an agreed upon price. He was making 1.5. He would have gone to 1.8 for two more years, 1.8 each year on his deal. Then he decided that wasn't enough. Now, you might think that that isn't enough for having won the Stanley Cup, but keep this in mind: he negotiated that price specifically for having won the Stanley Cup. So Trotz is kind of being, well, I don't want to call him a jerk, but if anyone's in the wrong here, and maybe it's just mutual parting of the ways, that sort of thing, but if anybody's in the wrong here, it's it's Barry Trotz. Four one two. 333 39 the number to call up. Now, let me run this by you. When you think about what Neil Huntington said, the Pirates GM, about how if attendance goes up, we will add payroll at the deadline, and what a lie that is. Let's say for a second it's not a lie. It is a lie, but let's pretend for a second it's not. Doesn't that just sound so... Low rent. Can you imagine Mario saying that? Or Art Rooney saying that? Because I certainly can't. If it's not a lie, it smacks of begging. It almost sounds better if it is a lie. I just can't believe Huntington said that. But it highlights something I've always said about Neil Huntington. I believe Neil Huntington does a good job as Pirates GM because he keeps the team as competitive as he can within the context of the budget he's given. But I just can't respect Neil Huntington because he's part of the con. He's part of the Ponzi. He's part of the cheat job, as his statement clearly illustrates. 412 9939 is the number to call. I actually would like to talk World Cup. As I said, it shows open. The World Cup is the most pressure-packed sporting event in the world. Much more pressure-packed than the Super Bowl. You got the whole world watching. And that's why the best player... Well, I don't think he is the best, actually. I would take Ronaldo over Messi. Ronaldo's a better athlete, more dynamic, more influential on more games. And, and in, in finesse games... His raw athleticism could take over sometimes, as it did in Portugal's 3-3 draw with Spain uh, to open the World Cup for both of those teams. But I, I digress. The pressure of the World Cup is why Messi misses a PK in a tie game. It's why Germany loses to Mexico in their first game. Why Brazil ties friggin' Switzerland in their game. It's just amazing the pressure felt by these players representing these countries in this World Cup. You know who pulled kind of a dumb move? Landon Donovan is doing a commercial for some bank, the uh, former U.S. team player. And the upshot of the ad was, Mexico's my second team, vamos Mexico. And a lot of people pointed out, including a lot of Donovan's ex-teammates with the U.S. national team, wait a minute, you can't root for Mexico, they're our big rival. You're rooting for Mexico to make money, and that's not cool. And one of the players who said it was Carlos Bacanegra, whose father is Mexican, and Donovan tweeted at him, why are you ashamed to be a Mexican? Which was absolutely the wrong thing to say, and that's the kind of thing that could really cost Landon Donovan his career if he had a career now in the first place. But, you know, like when you're the U.S. soccer team's all-time leading scorer, this might sound dumb to say that it's just not a big deal. It won't even cost him the ad he's, he's currently doing, let alone anything beyond that. Nobody cares what he has to say. But the real talented people, we forgive Landon Donovan and Daniel Carcillo. We won't forgive Louis C.K., Roseanne, and Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey might be the best actor of his generation. And he clumsily hit on, although the kid was young. yeah, Was he underage? I forget. I, uh, Anthony Rapp, I forget if he was at the time. But he was in an adult party. Kevin Spacey clumsily hits on him. It comes out like, what, 30 years later, not 30, but 20 years later, and now Kevin Spacey's career's over. I don't know. It. I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense. I will say it doesn't exactly make sense to me. Let's go to Bob and Peter's Township. You. Bob, go hey, to show. Up, hey, uh, that
1: Huntington comment, what a joke, dude. You nailed it. Pittsburgh,
0: please don't believe that BS. Well, Pittsburgh doesn't. The tendencies is going to go up. But could you well, imagine if Mario Lemieux said that? Wouldn't that be embarrassing if Mario Lemieux said that or Art Rooney? Oh, it would be a total joke. Like, come on. Well, I'll I'll
1: tell you what. I used to be a season ticket holder for uh, the Pirates for years, had great seats. I love the sport, but I just can't put up with the management BS anymore. Well, I just,
0: you see, when when Huntington says what he said, Rob, Bob, excuse me, he thinks you're stupid. He thinks the fans are stupid. It's not only a (laughs) lie, it's a recycled lie. It's a lie that's already been told and proven to be a lie. Yeah, it's a joke, dude. He should be embarrassed. Oh, but part of this con is you can't be embarrassed. You have to know no shame. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm surprised I'm not getting more uh, self-righteous golf twits calling about the Mickelson thing. I scared a lot of the dopes away. I'm proud to have done that, but it makes the show a little more difficult to do sometimes. I heard somebody say, What's next to the British Open? Or as they have to call it, the Open. You have to say it with proper gravitas. The Open. It was their first. It's the Open. Okay, but it wasn't for the U.S. as in U.S. Open, you'd all be speaking German today. So why not just call it the British Open? But no. You know what's amazing about the English? Seriously, I hope some English people are listening so, so they can hear this. England used to be one of those powerful nations in the world. It used to have this huge empire. Then it all dissolved, and they act like they still matter. They really don't. They beat Tunisia 2-1. to one. Landon Donovan, playing for Mexico, well, actually Mexico, beat Germany. Big win for them. 4 2 39 We got Mike and Derek on hold. We'll get to you first right around the corner. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Double M on the X. Lots to talk about today. Barry Trotz is out as the coach of the Capitals. The, the big surprise was when he won the Cup, he had a contract that touched and kicked in, but he feels it's not for enough money. They agreed to disagree. The Caps, I guess, could have made him work or could have frozen him if he refused to, but they have parted by mutual agreement. Now, a lot of people think Barry's going to go to the Islanders to work with Lou Lamorello, and that'll make Tavares stay with the Islanders. I think that's an awful lot of dominoes falling by way of presumption that, uh, well, I wouldn't count on it. Put it that way. We're also talking about Neil Huntington's absurd statement that if more fans show up to games, the pirates will spend, uh, at the trade deadline, they'll add more payroll. That is a recycled lie. It's been used time and again by guys like Frank Coonley and Neil Huntington. And it has never come true. Uh, Coonerly said years ago that payroll would keep pace with revenue. Payroll has gone up a little bit with the Pirates and only by way of baseball inflation, whereas revenue has gone way, 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 way up. Even this year with attendance falling, don't forget the Pirates got that $50 million uh, paycheck from baseball selling the tech rights, uh, as did every team. But the Pirates didn't spend it. They pocketed it. They're just looking to make as much money as they can, not – not now and again, but every single year every dollar matters to them. And so it it just that's why attendance is down at PNC cuz it's a very discouraging situation. And now the lie is so old and so recycled and been proven a lie time and again that people just aren't buying it. Huntington didn't have to repeat the lie for people to not buy it. So your thoughts on any of that? dial 412-333 W-X-D-X. Montreal traded Alex Galchenyuk to Arizona for Max Domi. I like Domi, and I guess the Penguins were interested, but that's more than I'd give up for Domi. And uh, I find it weird that Montreal, which is so lacking at center, traded a guy who's a better wing than a center but kind of a center and traded him for Domi, another wing who's kind of a center but is better at wing. Uh, a Penguins prospect was injured in a fire pit accident over the weekend, a kid named Jordy Bell Reeve. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. It was at a bachelor party, and I guess someone poured the wrong substance on the fire. Uh, Bell Reeve is expected to make a full recovery. He's a center, undrafted, scored 46 goals last year in Junior A, out in the W. What happened kind of reminds me of when the Alpha Beta's frat house burned down in Revenge of the Nerds. Or when they had a party at Hyde's dad's place, I believe, in the second year of that 70s show. Or when Gene Simmons of Kiss put his hair on fire when he breathed fire. So get well quickly to Jordy Bell Reeve. It's good to hear that he is expected to recover fully. Let's go to Mike in Beaver County. Mike, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, man. What up, man? Uh,
1: the whole hurdle comment. I, I I feel like I'm the only one excited about it because I want sell-out attendance all the way to the trade, day, uh, trade deadline. Sorry. So when it doesn't when it doesn't well, happen, those weren't Clint hurdles
0: comments. That was Neil Huntington.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just I, I'm looking forward to this happening, and then when nothing happens,
0: they're not going to draw any. Out? They're not going to sell any more tickets, bro. The attendance <laughs> is what it is. Although it did draw 23k yesterday, but uh, like I said earlier. The Pirates averaged 30K per game at PNC in 2015. And then by the next season's trade deadline, seven key components from that 98 win team were were gone. They had been sacrificed at the altar of increased profit. Uh, The attendance is down 7K per game from last year, 14K per game uh, from 2015. And Neil Huntington making some vague promise that has been proven in the past to be a lie that is not going to get significantly more people at the ballpark. Let's go to John in Monroeville. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you very little. Hey, your, your comment there about would Mario or how would the Rooneys be, you know, it,
1: it, you know what, it just hit me. Look at how those two franchises are run, and they're successful because the owners are competitive. They're, they're not just there to make a few bucks. They want to be the best owners in hockey and, bet, and football.
0: Do, do, and, and they're the still making that, they're still making a few bucks. In particular, the oh, Steelers yeah. making it hand over fist. But, yeah, they want to win. So and they look hard, out for so the community, a, and they're in tune with what the fans expect. It's an it's an income problem for the Pirates. The Pirates think of it as an
1: income problem, when, no, it's a spending problem. Oh, no, Pirates no, it's not an income problem.
0: And, and I get tired of repeating myself in this regard, which is why Neil Huntington should keep his mouth shut, because all him saying what he did... Is trigger conversations like this? Well, maybe not on the B team because they're power sycophants for the most part, bucko stooges. But uh, uh, Bob Notting is a billionaire. He's the ninth richest owner in Major League Baseball. He can spend as much money as he wants on players. He can get any player he wants. He just chooses to not spend money. Exactly. He doesn't want to spend money. He's not. He doesn't. You know. He doesn't compete with other owners. He just makes money. Other owners want to win. He doesn't, period. Well, right, and, and he can do it any way he wants. It's his team. But he's broken his trust with Pittsburgh. The only way to fix that trust is to sell the team, to get another owner in charge. Otherwise, the the town will never trust the Pirates again like it once did. Never like it once did. Thank you for the call, John. Let's go to Daryl and Beaver County. Daryl, you're on with Double M.
1: Hey, Mark. Hey, I, I think for the 22 years of losing, I think, Pittsburgh became brainwashed that we were uh, stuck with a team that was never going to be able to compete. And then when the with the four or five years that we were able to uh, compete, you know that showed that a small market team, uh, you know, could well, you see, close. I'm not, I'm
0: not going to use the use the term compete. Let's be real clear about what expectation for the Pirates should be. Okay, the expectation for the Pirates should be to make the playoffs, and they did that three years. If you're going to say compete right now, they're one game under 500. I think they're three games out of the wild card, so they're competing. But but after after what they did in 13, 14, and 15, and then they dismantled that team after the 15th season to make more money, the expectation shouldn't be artificial anymore. When they lost for 20 straight seasons, people could talk about having a winning season, 500, just being in the race. But after 13, 14, and 15, after three straight playoff bursts, the only thing that should keep Pittsburgh happy is a playoff berth. Nothing short of that should be considered a good season in any remote sense.
1: Right, and that means that we will, uh, you know, no longer buy uh, that that false premise. And I think the uh, the lie has been stripped because Pittsburgh has seen how how close you can become.
0: Well, you can't but, uh, you can't tell the same lie over and over again, Daryl, when it's already been proven a lie. Like the right, first well, time Jim Beam, I mean uh, Coonley, talked about, uh, you know payroll keeping pace with revenue, we didn't know it was a lie It sounded really good. And, and then right. for a while, they got away with the technicality. Well, revenue went up, and so did payroll. Look at the numbers. Whereas it didn't go up proportionately, which is what he he was expected to have meant. Because if revenue goes up 1,000% and payroll goes up 1%, well, then technically you fulfilled your promise but it's not what we thought you meant. It's really not what you wanted us to think you meant either.
1: Yeah, and I, so I think Nutting looks at those last four or five years as probably the worst thing that's happened to him because it's stripped off the lie and shown that, uh, that he's not keeping up his side of the bargain.
0: Well, again, Bob Nutting, Frank Coonley, and, and, and Neil Huntington are lying sacks of excrement. They lie all the time. They lie all the time, and they tell the same lie over and over again. They are well, lying I mean. sacks of excrement. But but you know what they are? They are perfect fits for America today because they tell you a lie and get mad when you don't believe it.
1: Whammy. Well,
0: I mean. Whammy, indeed. Let's go to Derek in Dormont. Derek, you're on with Double M. Hey,
1: Mark. I know you uh, said last week about how you thought about the 2026 bid for the United Um to have the world cup here i was just wondering if you think he'll go to any of those games at all and do you think that'll give a shot in the arm for soccer in the u.s at all
0: if i'm alive i'll go that's a long way away <laughs> brah no i'm not I'm, why i'm not kidding like i hate i really bear grudges against places where i used to work okay i've talked often about how in 2000 i believe it was seven no wait i got fired when i get I, yeah i got fired in 08 from 1250 in, in 07 i had a ticket to the led zeppelin reunion in london And I got badgered by my boss. He's not the boss at the fan. I got badgered so much about not going that I didn't go. I I sold my ticket, and they never played again. I thought they'd play again in the States. They didn't. So I missed my last chance ever to see Led Zeppelin because of of 1250 and the guy who ran it. Now, if you want to go back further than that, I was working on the desk as an editor in 1994 at the Post-Gazette, which is a job I hated. The World Cup was in the U.S. then, correct? I was two, but I believe so yes. Okay, well trust us old timers when we tell you that then. <laughs> okay? And I thought I'd get to a game, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere like DC where they played. The Post Gazette made me work every day there was a game because I was the only person who knew enough about soccer to edit it properly on the desk. I didn't get to one game.
1: Hey, maybe you'll be retired by then.
0: No, no, I won't be retired unless they fire me, but I'll, I'll <laughs> I mean like I just don't want to be dead.
1: Hopefully not. You think uh, it'll give a shot in the arm at all? What do you think there? No,
0: no. Soccer is what it is in this country. Like I said last week, and I won't go into the lengthy monologue, which was very funny, by the way. You could check out when uh, you put
1: them on the list.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. It's when I talked about how U.S. soccer will make a breakthrough when the hot girl in high school dates the soccer (laughs) captain. You know, but not before. No, I'm serious about that. No, no, I heard that. It 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 has to get to some point of prestige. Where the best athletes play it, and and the World Cup won't convince the best athletes to play it. It just it just won't. As I keep saying, if Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, went to high school with you, he would have played quarterback and safety, and now he'd be in the NFL, and he would have screwed your girlfriend in high school. He he would have screwed everybody's girlfriend in high school. Yeah, you know what's funny? Thank either. you, thank you for the call. Cristiano Ronaldo like the best soccer player ever. Well, not ever, but he's. He and Messi are the two best right now. I prefer Ronaldo because of his athleticism. Ronaldo's probably one of the best 10 or 15 players ever. I think that's fair to say. He makes hundreds of millions. He's incredibly good looking. He's unbelievable to sport. And the word is he also has a prodigious endowment. And I'm like thinking, oh, great, because that guy really needs that. It's like, it's like him with that isn't fair. Okay, Ron Jeremy, who's ugly and fat, but has the huge, you know, that's fair. Ronaldo, that's not fair. Let's go to Harry in the truck. Harry, you're on with Double M. What's going on, Double M? Hey, Harry, real quick. All right, well, Huntington's
1: just setting everyone up for the fall. He's going to blame the attendance for the reason why he unloaded everybody at the trade deadline.
0: Uh, I don't know if he'll, he'll do it as directly as you suggest, but it will be implied. Yeah, it, it'll be on the list. Say, well, you know, we're, we're X amount of games out or we're X amount of games under 500. and attendance is down and revenue is down, blah, blah, blah. And he'll never mention the $50 million bucks for the tech sale. He'll never I'm mention exactly. that they've made what What I say they made, $84 million over the last two years, according to Forbes. Again, it's a scam. He's the spokesman. He's a good GM for his budget. I don't trust him. I don't like it's him. The I don't like any of them. The lowest of the low to
2: blame
0: the fans. Unless it works, which it did for a while. Thank you for the call. No, Hunting uh Huntington, uh and, and, and Notting are just lying sacks of excrement. There's no see, there's no nice way to talk about them when they've lied this long. When they've let you down this long, when they've let this town down that long. Leaves the line open 412 39 At the top of the hour, I'm gonna talk more about the Phil Mickelson scandal. I think Phil should be shocked. I think he should be separated from his kids at the border. Uh but there are people at the US Open that I hated even more than the people who criticized Phil Mickelson. You'll hear about that at the top of the hour. By the way, did did, did you see? I, I guess you know Tommy Lee has those two kids by Pamela Anderson. Tommy Lee, the drummer from Motley Crue, and, and I guess him and one of the kids got in a fist fight a couple of weeks ago, and the kid knocked Tommy Lee out. So I guess yesterday they were, they were exchanging uh, tweets on Father's Day that weren't very friendly, and the kid said, "I don't know if it was Dylan or Brand. I forget which one." The kid said, "He goes, you think you're a father?" A father would have been there more. A father would have been there on birthdays. A father would have been there for school functions. A father would have been there for baseball games. Then he goes, now shut up or I'll put you right back to sleep. Yikes. He's not the one they call Dr. Feel Good. He's not the one that makes you feel all right. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Did anyone see Chicharito break down and cry? I mean, just weep openly? after Mexico completed the 1-0 upset of Germany in the World Cup. I do that sometimes. If I'm really happy, like overwhelmingly happy, and feel overwhelmed by the situation, I'll, I'll cry out of happiness. I thought that was a uh, a nice display of legitimate, honest emotion after what was a monumental upset in Mexico's first game of the World Cup. Uh, like when Liverpool won the Champs League in, in uh, 05, I definitely cried. When's the last time I cried when the Penguins won? I'm usually too busy gloating when that happens. Probably '09 9 for a second. First time, long time. Never thought it would happen again. I was there on the scene in Detroit, and it was very much uh, appreciated. Uh, Some sad news to report, staying with soccer. Uh, Walter Barr passed away today. He was 91 years old. Uh. I I met Mr. Barr a few times. He was the longtime head coach at Penn State Soccer, but uh, he is a true American soccer icon. He was the last surviving member of the U.S. World Cup team from 1950. He played in all three of the U.S. matches at Brazil and got the assist for the lone goal in the United States, 1-0 upset of England uh, in that World Cup. That was just unthinkable for the U.S. to beat England, but they did 1-0 with the assist on the lone goal to to Walter Barr. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because his son, Matt, kicked for the Steelers. He had three sons who were excellent soccer players, and two of them, Matt and Chris, uh, kicked in the National Football League. Uh, appeared 19 times for the U.S. in uh, international competition. There weren't as many international games then, so that is a pretty impressive figure, uh, for the time played professionally in the American soccer league, uh, won a bunch of league titles. I think five of them. Yeah. Five. It says here. And like I said, went on to coach Penn state and led Penn state to the NCAA tournament 12 times in 14 season as head coach. So, uh, condolences to the fans, family, and friends of, of Walter bar who passed away today at 91. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it, boy, just, it, it seems to be piling up. I'm going to drop by Mr. Donardo's viewing. Joe DeNardo's viewing at the funeral home this evening. And, uh, again, Walter Barr. I hope people talk about me nice when I go, but I I don't think that's, that's likely to happen. Uh, let's go to Dwayne in Beachview. Dwayne, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yo, Mark, how you doing? What's up? I'm doing good, Dwayne. Hey, I have a question. Over on the um B, over on the B team, they're um drinking the Kool-Aid on the Pirates. What's your thought on that? Well, define how they're drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't know what you mean by that. Like
1: they 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 they're saying that they're playing all bad teams. They're saying that they're playing all good teams and they're they're winning, but they really aren't. Like they're playing bad teams and they're saying how uh, Bro, I they think are. You,
0: I think you're misunderstanding what they're saying, but thank you for the call. Uh, At any rate, baseball is a 162-game season. It is the truest of the major sports competitions in terms of at the end of those 162 games, you are what you are, and you finish exactly where you deserve to. And right now, uh, not yet halfway into the season, but the Pirates are a game under 500, And that's not going to cut it. It's not going to get them to where they uh, should be, where they would be if they had kept that nucleus together, uh, at least part of it after they won 98 games in 2015. That was their window, and it still should be open. But um, they slammed it shut on their own fingers. That's the only way to put it. Those guys in the B team, they say, you you see, you got to understand. I can say whatever I want, nobody's going to fire me because I bring in so much money. I would have to drop an F-bomb or or a, a racial slur. I'd have to go Roseanne to get fired here. I would. But uh, but you know it, it's not you know if if I criticize the Penguins, there are you know we're their flagship, but you know people would live with that because I know what I'm talking about. But the Pirates, they just that's their bread and butter. Same with Pitt Athletics, and they're very sycophantic. Not all of them, not all of them, but they're very sycophantic mostly in the way they address the teams that are affiliates, for better or worse. Maybe in my younger days, my less established days. I would have done the same thing. Probably not, but perhaps. 412 333 39 is the number to call in 30 seconds. Who do I hate more than the people ripping Phil Mickelson for hitting the ball while it was still rolling? Oh, believe me, there's another branded golf fan I hate twice as much, 10 times as much. We'll talk about them in 30 seconds here on 105.90X.